One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And I'm Sarah. And you're listening to the Squiggly Careers Podcast, a weekly podcast where we talk about the ups, downs, ins and outs of work and give you some skills and a bit of support, some tools to try out so that you can feel a little bit more confident and in control of your career. If maybe this is the first time you've listened to us, then as well as having quite a few episodes to catch up on, about 300, 300 <laughs> odd, don't feel like you have to listen to them all. Um, but you might not know that all of our podcasts come with lots of extra resources to help you kind of listen and then learn a little bit more. So we have things like pod sheets, which are one page summaries of the key things that we talk about, sort of quotes and tools. We also have Pod Plus, which is a free weekly session, happens every Thursday morning, it's 30 minutes, and that gives you a chance to to connect to the community, uh, the lovely Squiggly Careers listeners, maybe ask us some questions, just dive a bit deeper, basically, into what we're talking about. Or you can just follow us on social where we put all the sort of the short summaries. Whatever works for you, we try to take this podcast and make the learning last a little bit longer. So hopefully you can find us in all of those places. And if you ever can't, just email us. We're Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. And so this week, we're talking about how to find time to think which is something that I hear myself say, something that I always hear other people say, sort of, if only I had more time to think. And I was reflecting on why this is something that comes up in conversation so frequently. And so often, I think people liken it to the moments where you feel like you're stuck on a hamster wheel. So, you know, you just feel like you're going round and round in circles, loads of urgent stuff to get done. And you feel like, you can't escape that hamster wheel. There's sort of no way of stopping and getting some time to think, which then often leads to people feeling frustrated and that you can't solve or explore those bigger opportunities or those knotty problems that you perhaps would enjoy or sort of relish the chance to have some time to think about, but it just doesn't feel practically possible. And maybe there's even a bit of comparison, which is never useful in our careers, but we all do occasionally. And you look around maybe some of your colleagues and think, well, how do they seem to find the time to think? So, you know, what's what's wrong with me? What am I not doing right? Um, and maybe we search for some sort of formula or maybe you then just start to see yourself as someone who's just kind of not not good at this, which is also unhelpful. Just thinking a little bit about my mum, connected to this topic, not just a random (laughs) thought about my mum. But I was thinking when I was growing up, so my mum worked full time when I was growing up, and I don't think I would have ever heard her say now, Helen Elizabeth, which was my my full name. (laughs) um, I wish I had more time to think. I don't think I ever heard her say that. But I did hear her say things like, oh, I wish there was more time in the day. 
And mm. I, I don't really hear that as much now. You know, like, so I think when I was growing up, she was like, I wish there was more time in the day, probably to get more stuff done. So like the 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 desire to do felt more prevalent from my parent when I was growing up. Whereas I think now it is more time to think. I think I hear less of like a, oh, I wish I had more time to just do, do, do. I hear more of like, oh my gosh, there's enough going on. I just need a bit of space. I need a bit more time to think. And I wonder whether... I mean, many years on from my childhood, whether that is just a little bit of a shift in what the world, like how the world works now. Like there is so much going on. It's so fast. There is so much stuff that we're trying to absorb that there isn't a desire to have more time to do more. It is a sort of a desire to have time to think more. Yeah, I think that could be true because no one ever says... um wish I had more time for my inbox. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I, well, maybe, maybe, maybe people do, I don't know. But you know, like, I suppose sometimes people, maybe particularly when you're in this kind of mindset of struggling to find time to think, maybe you're doing lots of things that feel quite transactional, where you feel like you're not adding as much value as you could or as you want to. So, you know, it's sort of how you define productivity, isn't it? You know, when people talk about being productive and which countries are most productive, um, I always think, well, given lots of people now work in sort of the knowledge space, surely time to think is more important than ever because that's how we add the most value. That's how you kind of realise whether it's commercial opportunity, people opportunity. It's kind of our brains that are doing that, not just the sort of doing the same thing kind of day in, day out for, for most people probably in, in jobs now. So we've identified three thinking traps that we think are really easy to fall into. So it's good to start by just spotting, do any of these feel familiar for you? So we're going to talk those through and we'll talk about which ones feel most familiar for us. And then we've got five ideas for action if you want to spend a bit more time thinking and maybe a bit less time doing. So the first thinking trap is I'll have more time to think when dot, dot, dot. And the problem with that mindset is the when never comes along. So it's let's imagine you're in the middle of a big project. You'll just say to yourself, it's okay, because I will have more time to think when this project comes to an end. Or sometimes it might be more to do with a time. So I'll have more time to think after September. You know, we sort of set these milestones of when more time to think will magically appear. In my experience, that has just never been a thing. Because every time one thing stops, something else starts, unexpected things come along. And I think this is a little bit letting go of the idea of a perfect world and a perfect plan. And I'm someone who loves to plan. I I really enjoy a plan. Um, I like being organised. I'm very future orientated. And I could definitely fall into this trap. I think I have just recognised that through experience, if you try to plan your thinking time in this way, you're essentially planning to fail. And you've got to sort of let go of this like perfect opportunity that's going to arise at some point in the future well I also think it's quite reactive so I think one of the things that Mm. you're very good at doing with your diaries you're very proactive so you will look ahead and create space whereas I think when you fall into this thinking trap you are waiting you're often waiting Mm. for that space to magically appear and so I think you are you are more of a creator than a waiter I think as well (laughs) And I'm a thinker, I suppose. Uh-huh. I'm both a think- I'm, I'm naturally more of a thinker than a doer. So this is a very important and valuable topic for me uh, personally. The second thinking trap is that thinking equals lots of time. And I do hear this quite frequently from other people where they'll say, oh, if I just had a, a day or a week to think things through, and we imagine that quality thinking equals like big, chunky 
moments um, where, you know, it's not 15 minutes or it's not something you could fit into a day. And I think we've got to do a bit of sort of rethinking, a bit of relearning about what thinking looks like and what that might look like as part of our days and our weeks. Of course, sometimes we might immerse ourselves in the space or the time to think. But when we're looking at our realities, if you want more time to think, I think we've got to imagine, well, what might that look like in an average week? What might this look like this week or this month? And so maybe just sort of letting go of this has to be, I've got to, again, it's sort of back to waiting. I've got to wait until I've got this big space in my diary that again, potentially never comes, but then you also put a lot of pressure on yourself in that moment. And the third thinking trap is that not having the time to think is something that is completely outside of my control. So it's a result of the sort of circumstances that I'm operating in. Um, And that is a really unhelpful trap to fall into because you're sort of expecting someone else to almost magically solve this situation for you. But in reality, to solve the problem, you have to own the problem. And when Sarah and I were reflecting on this, it reminded us of a a model, Cartman's Drama Triangle. I think it's the model they often use in therapy, actually. So um, if you imagine a triangle, it says that when, when when you are kind of coping with the situation... So you've got a drama going on. In this case, it's a drama to do with your career development. And um, there are three factors at play which can create a bit of a problem for you. It almost gets you stuck in that situation. So the first is where you see yourself as a victim. So it's not my fault. I've not got enough time to think. And you kind of don't own that problem. So that might be the, the starting point for this situation. The second bit on the triangle is where there's some kind of villain. So you are the victim and there's a villain. So let me just take an, a, a sort of an example of our business. I go, oh, I've not got um, time to think and it's not my problem because here's the villain it's Sarah Sarah is always <laughs> I quite enjoy me. playing the villain <laughs> she's always sending me ideas and emails and messages and I haven't got time to think because Sarah sends me so much <laughs> stuff to do um, and so you have this sort of victim villain issue which means you get a bit stuck in the situation but then what happens is you introduce the hero dun, 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 dun. Um, and the hero in this situation could be so what I'll do is I'll plan a day for me and Sarah to do some thinking together. So on the 1st of October, we're going to take a day and we'll do all of our thinking there. And then that's the situation solved. Um, but the problem is when you know the hero is taking a day or half an afternoon a week or whatever it is you do, that time isn't necessarily the best time for both of you to do that. That time might get eaten into by other things. You've not really changed your mindset. You might have changed sort of your time set, but you've not necessarily changed your mindset, which doesn't mean you're going to do high quality thinking. And so what we can't do is fall into this. I'm the victim. It's someone else who's the villain. And what I'm going to do to save this situation is just do one thing once. Because actually, in order to get out of this thinking trap, we need new patterns of behaving. We need need new ways, as Sarah said, of thinking about thinking so which one of those traps Sarah so we've got the three so I'll have more time to think when and um, thinking equals just lots of time and I can never find that you know that space or kind of the drama triangle where maybe it's someone else who's the villain or you're doing the save save the day with like some kind of hero hero action which is which is your biggest trap I think my biggest trap is probably the second one I think I sometimes underestimate how much good quality thinking you can do in short bursts. I think what's really helped me with that is you, because you you are a short burst, quick thinker. And I will sometimes push back on that 
and almost say to you out loud, um, I almost want to stop. I'll sort of go, okay, so let's just let's just go away and think about that. You sort of just ignore me <laughs> and, keep, and, and keep, yeah, that's a conversation for another day. Um, and, and, and you'll keep going, but you'll keep going in a very sort of short way. So you'll just be like, well, let's, let's just do 10 minutes and just see where we get to. Or let's do 15 minutes and see where we get to sharing our thoughts on dot, dot, dot. It could be a small problem. It could be a really big opportunity. And because you're a very in the moment thinker, and you're very good thinking spontaneously, and you're great at creating connections through conversation, almost like just us chatting gets you to better and better places. And I often will stop you and just say, um, can we just write that down? Because you're, you're really good at, you sort of develop your thinking in flow out loud. You definitely think out loud. And I don't, I, I think in a different way to you, but sometimes that sort of forcing function of us coming together really makes me reflect on, well, actually, do you know what? That was 15 minutes really well spent. Our thinking is further ahead of now because of that 15 minutes. And to me, that's time really well spent. And so I think naturally that's the one where I do sometimes think, oh, you know, I'd love half a day. I like to sort of luxuriate in my thinking, probably because I really enjoy it, but that is unrealistic. And so I kind of quite like being forced into these sort of short bursts, um, but it's taking a bit of learning and practice from me to, to do that. What about you? Um, well, just before I share mine, which is different to yours, I do think and it's not one of our satisfaction, and it might be that having like a thinking language or like a few thinking statements or questions is quite useful. Like, so, um, you know, like, what are your thoughts on? Um, mm. What do you think about my first thoughts on this situation are like, you know, framing your thinking. So it doesn't, particularly if you fall into the trap that you do, like if you, if you like, like think, oh, thinking takes a lot of time actually having the framing as my first thoughts are makes it sort of quicker and shorter and it might just help people kind of get a bit unstuck from like oh thinking has to be an away day that we have to yes. find in our diary and um, mine's different to yours mine's the I'll have time to think when and you know what I really <laughs> I really realized this so in August when we did the squiggly careers skill sprint I was at home for quite a lot of the time because I was having an operation and I was doing a bit of rest and recovery and in my head I, I thought oh well in August, I'm not going to do I'm going to solve, solve all of our problems. You mean you haven't solved all our problems? Is this no, you telling me you've not sorry. solved all of our problems? Yeah, this, is, this is the big reveal that we've still got them. No. But I remember thinking, oh, I'll have time to think when I'm off in August. And yeah, no, I haven't. Because the problem actually wasn't the time. The problem was my mind, like how much I had aligned my time to thinking and I hadn't so yes I had more time but if, if I wasn't in the right mindset for that moment then the thinking didn't really happen so yeah the I'll have more time to think when it just doesn't work doesn't work so we've got five ideas for action now which are definitely sort of more bit more about mindset but bit bit more about how you set yourself up for thinking success over a longer longer term so it's not that kind of hero one day will do it all for you so idea number one is to start a thought book so not just a notebook a thought book so this is having a, uh, a physical place because we do think writing things down is important when you're thinking but having a physical place where you can capture your thoughts now for me I quite like a notebook so my thought book would look like probably a nice moleskin notebook and I'd probably buy some nice pens and I would capture lots of my thoughts in there and we're going to give you some prompts for what you might capture in your thought book in a moment but for somebody else someone like Sarah for example she might use a Miro board or a, or a mural so maybe you have like a digital way of capturing your thoughts or you know for other people they might have it on lots of post-it notes or even in your phone to be honest but it is a place that you will capture your thoughts so it can become almost a 
bit more habitual for you. And I also think you can connect some of the dots then. So when you see your reflections and your thoughts in one place, it can sometimes help you to sort of prompt, oh, actually, that's a bit like this. Or I could, you know, in, in Miro or Mural, you can literally sort of drag two thoughts together to create a bigger thought. So Think about what is the best place for you to have a thought book. And then what we're going to do now is give you some prompts for things that you might want to do to stimulate your thinking in those places. And so the first prompt is to create a to think list. So we all love a to do list. Well, actually, I don't really, but um, I, I, I make them and they're not that effective. But I do really like a to think list. When people say to me, um, I just need to find more time to think, my first question is always, and it's probably a bit of a provocative question, okay, what do you want to think about? So I think if you're generally saying, I want more time to think, you won't ever make progress. Whereas if you're very clear on, I want to think about dot, 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 then actually it focuses you. And I think you create a conscious bias for your brain to then start to think about those things. I very rarely do incredible quality thinking that's completely out of the blue and like a really left field thought. Often my best thoughts come from Helen and I have agreed we're trying to make some progress on something or we've got a knotty problem. And I'll just, my brain just keeps coming back to it at various different points in the day, in the week. And then suddenly you go, oh, that's because I got something very clear on my to think list. So try writing some of those things down. The next one comes from a book that I've been reading or certainly an adapted idea from a book that I've been reading about how to build a second brain, Um, which actually that book is slightly different to what I'd imagined. But really, it's about the structure and discipline of being productive, of writing things down. And there's lots of things in that book, actually, that are very quite counterintuitive to me that are not things that I would naturally do. So it's quite good, you know, because it challenges you to think differently. And one of the things that it suggests, and I've uh, changed slightly, but I think it's really helpful is to have some ongoing open questions. So keep a list somewhere of those questions that you haven't got answers to yet, but make sure they're all open. So start them with who, what, why, where, when, how, or tell, explain, describe. So it could be something like, if Helen and I had a shared list of open questions, uh, how can we reach more people with our podcast? And these ongoing open questions could be really big, so very zoomed out. Then you might have some that are really zoomed in, like, how can I build a better relationship with this specific person? Or it could be much bigger, how could I improve my work-life fit? Some of them might be about personal life, some of them might be about work life, they could be about relationships. But what are your open questions right now? I just thought that was a good framework. That's potentially, I think, an alternative to the to think list. You might not need both, like see which one works for you. I I a team thing as well, that. I like the idea of the team being able to just... Like you might say over the next week, put your, you know, your your kind of questions, your open questions down and we'll pick one to talk about in the next team meeting. Sort of yeah, takes, really takes nice. any fear factor away, I think, doing it in that way. And then our next idea is the thinking five minute mind map. So this is probably once you've got the clarity on the question or something on your to think list. How do you sort of move forward from that? And if you just set a timer and just spend five minutes jotting down your thoughts in response to that question or that topic or that theme, you'll be surprised, I think, how far and how fast you can go in five minutes. If you did five minutes a day for a week, I would be really interested to see what that mind map would look like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Because again, I think each day you just sort of add a bit. When I do this, which sort of shows, I mean, Helen and I have very, very different approaches to thinking and I am very unstructured and really messy. And that just works really well for me. 
I will often have a sort of mind map visually, so scraps of paper, post-it notes, and I add to it a little bit frequently. So I'll be like, I've got one idea, and then I just add to it. Or I'll be going to bed, and I'll be like, oh, I've just got a few ideas I just want to put down, and I just put them down. Or I'll be mid-conversation, something will pop it, I'll just add something to it. So I... I'm actually not somebody who would like sit and be like, right, I'm going to spend 15 minutes and do this mind map. I create one mind map very quickly, but then I put it somewhere that I can see it the whole time. And then I just keep adding to it. I was thinking, you look stressed map- by that idea. No, 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 it's not stress. I was just thinking <laughs> that mind maps. More recently, I have found chat GPT to be quite helpful in mind mapping you know often think about mind maps as like it's a bit of paper you have something in the middle you have arrows going off it and you build on it um I think that is what's happening in my brain when I'm using chat GPT so I'll start with like a question like a how can we help more people with squiggly careers and I might like put a I put something in chat GPT and then I'll read the response and then it'll almost create the arrow to the next thing for me it might be like Oh, okay, oh, so nice. make it more part of every, so every, someone's everyday work life. And then I might ask another question, like, what habits do people have every day at work? And then I'll answer it. And then I'll almost go off on another... And I think I'm sort of doing, rather than writing it down... Oh, my God, paper, you're going to replace me with ChatGPT, <laughs> aren't you? I was I have, like, is this the way this is going? I mean, I asked I asked ChatGPT exactly that question. <laughs> How can I replace Sarah Ellis with you? Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you the response later. <laughs> I mean, we've obviously now got to do that because I would really like to see what it says. Sarah it who? Be like, and I'd be like, yes. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's probably true. Don't do that. Yeah, let's move. Actually, on that, we have Hen and I have both been using Miro boards, M I R O boards, much more frequently in the past couple of months. In case anybody hasn't tried those out, um, I think it's free, isn't you it? Get to three use three like... free boards, I think. Oh, there we go. And what I find they are useful for is essentially it's like post-it notes on a board. You'll be able. Everyone will be able to start it really quickly. It's not like you have to learn the tech particularly. I often think they're quite good as sort of the next stage. So you've sort of done some scribbles, you've got some notes in your phone or wherever it might be, and you are starting to bring it together and you're starting to create connections. And I do find those boards really helpful just as a way to start adding a little bit of a structure or a bit of a framework to what you're thinking about and to spot some gaps. And they're very shareable. Helen and I, for the same project, have both done separate ones. I think that's really important sometimes that you give people space to think individually before you come together. And actually, we've resisted the temptation almost to create one together too soon because actually we're both like, well, let's both have some space and time to think and then let's figure out at what point do we kind of connect the dots between our, our thoughts. And then the last idea, which, again, if you know how to go at, um, is often quite surprising but takes a bit of practice, which is free writing. And free writing just means you're, you're essentially sort of scrawling without critiquing or analyzing which as somebody who's a thinker with a critical brain I I find quite hard and I know that Helen is much better at this than me if you're someone who likes to journal if you're very good at habits you perhaps already do a version of this but again you would put a header at the top of the page how can we help more people with their squiggly careers and you just write down your responses to that and you just write down a page and you keep going until you have written a page this one, actually, from certainly from the research that I have read, better to write it by hand than to type it. Because I think it's James Pennebaker who did the research on this, where he talks about almost the process of writing. I think it gives you the space to think, probably because you're slower. I'm a certainly a slower writer than I am typer. And there is something about that kind of physical act that sort of connects you to your thoughts, to your, your brain, to the bits of paper. And actually, maybe we don't write stuff down that often now. 
And so, again, that might like feel like something new for you. And you don't need to do it very often, but it might just be, again, it's a way of moving from to think lists, open questions to this might be your in-between this to then before you do a mind map you don't might do a mind map then you might do free writing Helen and I were saying that we've both listened to a few podcasts recently with people talking about their creative process where people definitely have to think things through quite deeply to come up with ideas and how obvious it is that everybody has quite a clear creative process you know people are not just magically coming up with ideas they are doing exactly what we've just described their version of a to think list, a mind map, free writing, do this two things. And and they sort of repeatedly have kind of created their own way of how to think if you are dot dot person, or if you're trying to create a new concept. So I think never feel like I say, I'm messy, and I'm unstructured about kind of how I do this thinking. But I do, I think I follow this, the same messy process, probably pretty much every time. And that doesn't restrict your thinking. If anything, I think it frees your thinking. And my specific example of something that I watched recently, which helped me to see somebody's sort of thinking process through, was Ez Devlin's course on masterclass.com. It was all around her sort of creative process. And it was it was so interesting to see how a thought became a, sort of a drawing on paper, actually, and then became a 2D structure and then like a, a 4D structure. It was just amazing to see that thought get bigger and more physical. Um, really, really worth watching if, you, if you're a Masterclass subscriber. Also, just around the free writing, this is super tactical. But if you're going to try the free writing, like, you know, writing a full page of thoughts, pick a flowy pen. I know that sounds really weird, but you know how some pens are a bit scratchy and it's like, like they're like annoying to write with. Um, I actually have, this is very retro, I have a fountain pen because I find that um like it literally is a flowy pen but um it is also really annoying because I end up with ink all over my fingers which makes me realize why we don't have those anymore but just pick a pen that you like writing with because it kind of helps you helps you keep flow and if you want to listen to Ez Devlin who Helen was just talking about there for free on a podcast I also heard her on This Cultural Life which is a Radio 4 podcast so um and again it was funny Helen and I discovered her without talking to each other in very different ways and we were both saying oh, we heard about this really interesting creative process and then we realised we were talking about the same person. So <laughs> she's just really fascinating to listen to, um, but she's not the only one. There are lots of examples, I think, of people who, again, have, have figured out how to put a framework around their thinking and then they do incredible work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
So idea for action number two is to focus on thinking themes. I find this really helpful because I think I am a more structured thinker than Sarah. Um, and do you think? <laughs> do, do, do you think? Yeah, just a li- li- little bit. Uh, I don't think it definitely doesn't. I don't think it makes either as more or less effective at thinking. I no, think it's just it's just, just different. different. Isn't it? It's just different. I like a structure. Um, and so I find like having like a theme. Like today, I'm going to think about dot 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 really really helps me to just focus my mind a little bit and one of the things that I did in August which I found really useful there's an article that I've referred to before um it's an oldie but a goodie on Harvard Business Review about how to become a corporate athlete and it talks about these four different elements which contribute to I think your performance and resilience at work is probably the best way of thinking about um uh, what being a corporate athlete actually means so it talks about your kind of mental capability your physical capability your spiritual capability and your emotional capability and throughout August when I was a bit disappointed in myself I was like why am I not why am I not doing these things I want to do in August I started to almost theme it a little bit and so I was like well I'll take those four different areas and so for example the spiritual bit I kind of reconnected with meditation so Sarah and I had done a meditation course a few months ago that I felt I'd sort of lost my way with a little bit and so I read a little bit on it I listened to a podcast on people who had done some stuff around meditation and I reconnected with that just you know like for like a focused day about well how can I make this work and what does it look like and what more do I need to know and then for example on the mental the mental capability I was like okay I'll think about that for a day and I really really thought like what could I read what could I watch what could I listen to that would help me with that mental capability that is where I got to with that as Devlin the reason I watched that was because I was like well masterclass helps me there's that's kind of there's lots of different things that I can learn there and that's a very a format that works for me for learning and so just having the themes. I mean, you don't have to have the ones that I said, um, but I think picking thinking themes that are important to you can focus your mind on what it is you might want to think about, particularly, I think, if you're perhaps a more structured person like me. And so idea for action number three is about together thinking. So I think it's always interesting to, to reflect on how you think individually and how you best think in groups. And also, how do we accommodate that everybody thinks in different ways? So as Helen and I have described, we've realised that our thinking style they have massive contrasts in terms of us at our best. So you want to create an environment where we can both be at our best. We want to create an environment where Helen can be spontaneous, can think out loud. Uh, but if I had to think like that, I wouldn't do any good thinking, essentially. I, I need to know ahead of time what are we going to be thinking about. I like to reflect. I like to have kind of space by myself, space to be quiet. And so when Helen and I are thinking about coming together to think about stuff, we will really design that in a way that works for both of us. So just to give a very practical example, because we did this last week and it just works so well that we sort of it stopped us in our tracks. And we were coming up with some ideas on something And we both just stopped and said, okay, let's both write down the five things that we think are most important. So rather than just talking them through, let's both just stop, write them down. And then in this moment, let's talk about them. And actually, I think we said, let's write down the 10 things that we think are most important. And what was interesting is we could both only get to five, which you're like, well, that was interesting in itself. And so we were just quiet. We were together virtually. We just stopped speaking, basically. Um, Both looked down, scribbled down some notes, gave ourselves a bit of time to think. And then we both shared straight away, oh, this is where I got to, to Helen's point earlier, here are our first thoughts. We weren't holding each other to account on going, well, this is what it has to be. Because I think I would always find that hard as someone who finds the whole um, 
good enough versus great thing quite difficult. Sometimes articulating first thoughts for me feels quite uncomfortable because I think, oh, I can do better. Given more time, I can do better. So first thoughts is, is helpful framing. And then when we shared our five things that we thought were most important, they were, with the exception of one, quite dramatically different. We had approached exactly the same sort of question in a completely different way, even though we'd been talking about it beforehand. I would never have guessed we had we would go in two very different directions. And then it meant the quality of the thinking that we then did together after that moment was so much better as a result. And back to the, um, you know, we talk about thinking together. What's really nice about that is that was probably a 15 to 20 minute conversation. So it was pretty short. We were clear beforehand what we were going to be talking about. We were definitely better because of that conversation. We were further kind of forward because of it. But I think the thing that's really interesting about thinking together is it's a forcing function to stay focused, which can be quite hard. You know, if you sort of, I mean, no one does their best thinking at the desk. Like you hear that all the time because, you know, you always get distracted by emails and presentations you've not done and stuff. But sometimes thinking by yourself, you can, it's so much easier to get distracted or maybe your head gets, I just like wander off in a few different directions or whatever. But when you're with someone else, you're sort of each other's accountability partner as you're thinking something through. And Helen and I, we were reflecting on how do we find time to think individually and together? And we were like, oh, the together thing does does work some of the time. It doesn't have to be in person, but it's like, well, I'm not looking at my phone right now. I'm not looking at my emails because we're sort of all in. We're all in on that, trying to answer this question. And we're just going to see what we get to in 15 minutes. And I guess, again, as a structured person, if you wanted to replicate that, I think you've got to start with, well, what is it we're thinking about? So we had a specific mm-hmm. thing in mind. And I think you want to talk about it a little bit, but not a lot. Be like, just be really clear on, like, okay, so we're thinking yeah, about... we did five minutes, do you reckon? Yeah, five or six probably, minutes? yeah, just discuss it. Then you take the time to write down your ideas. So let's take five minutes now just to collect our own thoughts. And then you've got the, these are my thoughts on, the, the share back. And then you need a little bit more time then to say, and what does this mean for us? Yeah. So that, I think that's probably the, the four have the topic time to think time to share back time to kind of connect the thoughts together would be the way that you could structure it and you could probably do that I mean that was just Sarah and me together but I think it could work with um with more people in the room you might just need a little bit more time towards the, the sort of second half of the session for to make sure that everyone's thoughts are heard and then connected mm-hmm. idea for action number four is to create an effective environment for your thinking so this is you know the place and the space sarah mentioned that maybe your desk isn't going to be the best Mm -hmm. place for you to do it i weirdly it really annoys me this because it's not very environmentally friendly but i find and also just it's annoying sometimes because i can't write down what i'm thinking but i find driving is such a good thought like physical thought space for me you have got an electric car though I know, I should just drive my electric car around. If you drive your electric car. Laps, I just drive it around. Is that better? Maybe, I have thought that, honestly. I have thought, like, I just drive around. There's something for me, I think, I know you shouldn't say you drive on autopilot, but I think there's something so routine for me about driving. And I used to commute a lot. Like, when I used to work at Microsoft, that I'd be, like, two and a bit hours a day of driving. And so... For me, I think I've trained my brain that that is a nice thinking time for me. And I could, like, take a thought, go into my car, drive around a bit. And I would actually quite enjoy that. Now, equally, I could also go for Remind a walk. Remind me to not get a lift from you. I <laughs> know. Probably not the most safe thing, I don't know. But also, <laughs> I could go for a walk. Like, I live, uh, like, in the outdoors, and I do find it quite useful just to go for, like, a little walk. But there could be just rooms in, like, where you live, like, in your, in your house or your apartment. There might just be places that are a bit better for you to do your thinking. And... 
it is both the place that you're in and then how you make sure sort of you're designing that place so it's effective, which might be like moving your phone around. We've done, we've talked about distraction downfalls before. So I would think about the place and the space, how you create an effective environment. So whether you want to, you know, think for 30 minutes or an hour, you know that you're more likely to stay in that sort of thinking zone. Do you know what? One of the things that is maybe a bit surprising, but I do think is an effective environment for me for thinking is WhatsApp. As somebody who is quite sort of anti always on and like, you know, turns off all notifications and loves going for a walk, particularly when I am thinking together, like with somebody else, you know, a sort of someone I feel like I trust and who I'm looking for maybe some feedback on some thoughts that I've had. You know, if I've got some sort of first thoughts or thought starters, I've definitely got a couple of go-to people where if I happen to catch them, it's not very, it's quite incidental because I'm like, are they around to respond? But if I sort of catch them at the right moment, it's definitely really effective for me. Like I actually don't want to speak to that person. I mean, these are my friends. Um, But you know, I don't want to, I don't want to phone them and go, oh, this is, but I'll be like, oh, hey, dot, dot person. Thinking, Thinking about this for, I don't know, a future podcast series or a book or whatever it might be here are three first thoughts and just I just want people's reaction to it and I want people's responses and then that makes me think a bit differently or it makes me add to their thoughts and I suppose that they are it's like I think I feel like I've got some thinking partnerships Mm. and if I think about the place the place those thinking partnerships happen is on whatsapp and that just works that that does work quite well for me it's interesting. I only probably do that with you on WhatsApp, but I was just thinking a little bit about LinkedIn. Like sometimes I do thinking on LinkedIn. Like I'll be like, oh, yes. Here's... Well, you think to everyone and I think to one person. <laughs> Introvert, extrovert. <laughs> there, there you go. I'm like, here are some thoughts, world. What do you everyone. think? Everyone. You're like, here are some thoughts, friend. What's your opinion? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's very insightful. Yes, yeah, it's very, very true. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, so last idea for action, we're calling anti-thinking awareness so essentially what gets in the way of thinking and what needs to stop so that you can start if you're not doing this today and you want it to happen if you want to create this as a habit what are you going to change what are you going to do differently really holding yourself to account that point about um this being in your control rather than out of your control and sometimes it might be mindset you know like the story you're telling yourself you're in, in your own brain about your ability to think or find time to think Sometimes it might be some practical stuff. I also find from my own experience, particularly since perhaps running our own company versus maybe being in a big company, which I think, you know, has some similarities, but lots of differences, is there are moments, and I'm sure this is true in lots of jobs, where it's just not the right time. So because I love thinking and everything we've described today, I always want to be doing this or finding some time quite frequently to do this. But there are moments where I think you have to let go of okay, well, it's not today. And that's maybe because I thought in particular, when there's lots of small stuff to get sorted, that does feel urgent. I then think time to think is like the quality of thinking just goes down. So my question to myself is always, what can I let go of? Do I need to let go of like the time to think about this today? Or can I let go of the small stuff? Because actually it feels urgent. But if I did it tomorrow what would happen you know almost doing that stress testing of like what needs to happen in what order just really helps me helps me to either think well I know I will have some time to think but it's it's tomorrow it's Wednesday or actually no I can do that today I'm sort of feeling like this is urgent but the actual reality is different and it's not going to make that much difference if I 
if some of these things kind of wait. So, you know, it's that sort of um, the busyness trap, I think, sometimes that I fall into that sometimes gets in the way for me. What about for you? I think mine's like achievement. I have to have to stop thinking that my thinking is going to have an <laughs> obvious output. Like, so, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to think about a new book idea over the next hour, and then I'm going to come up with a chapter outline. I have to let go of that because sometimes you might think for an hour about whatever the thing is you, you want to spend some time on, and all you might have come out with is a better framed thought or some, yes, some more or ideas. this is not right. Or this isn't right, or mm, I'm not quite sure. I might need to spend some more time just kind of going around that a little bit. And and as a as someone who is a doer with a bias for like outcomes and achievement and, and sort of small achievements, actually, I have to let that go because otherwise you constrain your thinking because all your thinking is doing is moving you to the next output. And I think the most effective thinking is when there isn't actually always an obvious output because you're just giving yourself time to think and you haven't predetermined where those thoughts will take you so that's often a thing that I have to let go of is and there's going to be some really obvious shiny thing that's going to come out of the next hour that you you know go for a drive <laughs> in your car and think about this thing yeah I think you have to back to the as Devlin who we were talking about you have to trust the process I think that's definitely what I have experienced is I trust now my thinking process whether it's 10 minutes whether it's half a day whether it's over a year, sometimes you'll think, oh, that mind map, there's there's one genius thought in there. And then the next day you realise, oh, actually, it, it doesn't really work when you stress test it a bit more. And going, oh, that's all part of the process. I think probably because we have spent more time, we create more now, you realise that you're like, there will be stuff that you create that you let go of that will you think is brilliant and then ends up being rubbish or it doesn't fit and then you kill it. You know, that whole... Um, it's, you know, a bit like we talk about hold your ideas lightly. You do hold your thoughts lightly. I think the more you practice this, the most important thing is you are thinking. You know, you are questioning, you are thinking, you have time to think as part of how you work. Um, but recognising that the quality of those thoughts and the usefulness of those thoughts, of course, will vary. But if you've got a process, I think you then feel confident that you're like, yes, but some of it will be really good stuff. And it will, you know, is my job better because... I've figured out how to make a habit of time to think. I think that's the sort of the outcome that I think I'm looking for. So just to summarise those five ideas for action then, number one is to start a thought book. Number two is to focus on thinking themes. Number three is all about together thinking. Number four is to create your effective thinking environment. And number five is about anti-thinking awareness. And we will summarise all of that for you on the pod sheet, which you'll be able to find either at Amazing If on LinkedIn or on our website, amazingif.com. So it's been brilliant to be back. For those of you who've been sprinting with us in August, we're back to our normal weekly episodes. Thank you to everybody who listens. If you have five minutes to do us a bit of a favour, rating, reviewing, subscribing, sharing always makes a massive difference. And we read every single review and we love to know your feedback. What's working well, even better ifs, ideas for topics, experts you'd like to hear from. Either put them in the review or you can email us. We're Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. But that's everything for this week. So thank you so much for listening. I'm back with you again soon. Bye for now. Bye, everyone. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. 
From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. 